Navy veteran Mike Quilty is the owner and CEO of Wild Bill's Craft Beverages. Serving up the most delicious, authentic, vintage sodas and craft beverages in America. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right. Today, we are talking with uh, Navy veteran Mike Quilty. He's a serial entrepreneur focused on creating entrepreneurial careers for veterans. Currently, the owner and CEO of Wild Bill's Craft Beverages. Mike, we got a lot of great things to talk about. Um, you've had a, a really good career, you know, coming out of the Navy. Um, a lot of done a lot of different entrepreneurial ventures, a serial entrepreneur. We're really looking forward to hearing about, about all that. But before we get started, I'd like to hear about what you did in the Navy. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. Um, so I was in from 1988 to 1993. I did the, uh, I was five and out, uh, so didn't do a career. I was an officer on a fast attack sub, uh, the, the Desert Storm during that time. Spent most of my time in the Mediterranean, and I can say that I was there for seven months and never saw a beach the whole time, <laughs> only through a periscope. Yeah. Navy nuke sub officer, right? At, yep. So when I was in, in the 80s, they were really, like, if you had an engineering degree and you had a B average, that's what they wanted. So that's yeah. what I ended up doing. Yeah. Hey, some of the smartest guys I've ever known were Navy nuclear sub officers. Yeah. Well, not all of us. <laughs> well, it, it, heavy competition. I mean, like extremely smart, smart folks. Um, every one of them I've ever met. So you're, you're in good company. Um, well, so after five years of, uh, running subs, what was your transition like getting out of the, getting out of the Navy? Well, it, it, it it's a, I think it's a very hard decision to make in general. You know, you've put all your, I had spent four years at the Academy. Um, five years active duty. It was really the only thing I knew. Mm-hmm. And then I had to make the decision. I think I was helped because at that time there was a downsizing. And so I saw the department heads on my boat saying to themselves, I've got 10, 12 years in, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to 20 or if I'm going to get an opportunity to command a ship at sea. And so there really was this feeling amongst all the junior officers that, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity here. There's going to be fewer submarines, not more. Um, and I was fortunate to have a commanding officer who was really supportive and in fact had his, had uh, gone off to business school while in the Navy. And he sat us all down and said, you guys should really think about this as a path. Um, and I know from my friends who, who, uh, went different paths to getting kind of into the civilian world. It is, it is really, really difficult. can be really, really difficult but for me, going to business school was, it made it very easy. And it made it easy because I was, it was kind of a two-year boot camp in, in you know, being a civilian mm-hmm. and being surrounded by um, lots of, of you know, I, I knew I wanted to go into business. So I went to business school. I was surrounded by, you know, a whole bunch of other wonderful people. And the best part is a lot of veterans. And we even had veteran professor, professors who had served in the military who really, really helped and mentored. So, um, of course, it was a difficult transition, but the boy going to school, and I don't think it has to be a business school. It could be any school, anything where you're surrounded with 
surrounded by civilians, just learning how to talk their language and then mm -hmm. learning a little bit about you. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't really going to business school because you wanted to become an entrepreneur and run your own company. You were wanted to go into business as an employee or work for other companies, right? Yeah, I think it was, I didn't know what to do. And the smartest person I knew who was my commanding officer said, you guys all really ought to think about, you know, going back to school. And it didn't have to be business school. We had folks who went to medical school. We had folks who went to technical school, but in general, like immerse yourself in school as you know, for getting back into the civilian world. And when I went to business school, I truly had, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And it really was um, two things that happened. One is I had a professor who took an interest in me, who really mentored me. And the other piece is we had a lot of guest speakers who came in and several of them, I can think of, you know, a couple right off the top of my head. They were uh, ar two army officers in particular who had become entrepreneurs and just meeting these people and saying, here's somebody who, who's been through the same experience that I've been through. And now look, they're running a successful tech company. You know, I had never heard of that or thought of that. I, I didn't have, nobody in my family was an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I come from a family of a lot of policemen, firemen, and nurses. So my dad worked for IBM. So I, I, it was all new to me, but just the expo, you know, such an intense exposure over those two years was really wonderful. Yeah. And so what happened in your business career coming, coming out of school? Did you actually jump right into entrepreneurship or did you go work for somebody else? Well, I actually, I worked for somebody else for uh, a brief time, actually a couple of little gigs. The first was at a big company and I realized immediately that was not for me. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't last very long, but I learned a lot. I certainly learned. I didn't want to work for a large, I worked for Pfizer. Mm. Um, and then um, the other thing I did, so my, my friends at Pfizer, like Jesus, this big company thing probably isn't for you. Like, why don't you try something more entrepreneurial. And of course, um, you know, I knew a little bit about that from the people I'd met at school and cl classes I had taken at school, but you say, how do I, what, how do I take that concrete next step to quote unquote, start something? And the advice that I got was, well, expose yourself to a lot, go do consulting. And I know you've had guests on who've, this has come up a couple of times. Actually, um, yeah, it was absolutely. Military yeah, folks make great consultants. I mean, believe it or I not, know. they really do. Even if they didn't well, have a lot of business experience to begin with. You don't have to have it. It's, yeah. it's, it was, it was, uh, you know, I was consulting, uh, at a big national health plan for the president of the plan. I think I was 20, you know, 29 years, 28, 29 years old, kind of really my second job in the real world. And I was working for the president of a multi-billion dollar company kind of as is, right-hand man. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it's really, it's, you don't appreciate what you learned in the military and how people can value it if they understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so you might ask the question of the, like the idea of how did I come up with an idea for a company? I only did consulting long enough and I knew I wanted to start a company. And I also told my, my, my friends and people I worked with, Hey, long-term, I want to start a company. And for me, it was a, like a specific moment in time where I was sitting in a meeting and the client said, we wish we could find a company that did this. And they drew it out on a whiteboard <laughs> and we went and looked like, and so, so they said, Quilty, your job is to go canvas the landscape, find somebody that can do that. We'll either buy them or we'll contract with them or we'll start a competing company. And after a couple of months of research, I said, there isn't anybody who does this. 
would you, instead of like starting it from scratch, what if I started it with my, and I had a friend who was a doctor, I'm like, what if we start the company? Would you give us a contract? And so, you know, it's a really a great way to de-risk your step into entrepreneurship. When you got a client, you got a great idea. The idea came right from the client and they're willing to pay you to do it. So, you know, not that it makes it, it wasn't completely easy. It was very, very hard, but we came out of the gates with a, you know, with a client, with some revenue, with a pretty well vetted idea. Right. Well, I, I mean, being in this veteran entrepreneurship game for eight plus years at this point, I don't know how many times, and I've done the same thing. You come up with this crazy idea off on the side all by yourself <laughs> and you think this is a great idea. Now I'm going to go try to find somebody that wants that. That's almost like doing it backwards. Like how you really should. I mean, what you're talking about is here's a need. There's literally nobody that does this. I'll just create a company that does it. I already know what the need is. All I got to do is fulfill that need and I'm, I'm automatically in. And Yeah, well, there, there's, Joe, there's good news and bad news about that. The good news is that's all completely true. You're starting with something that you know is a need. The bad news is even if you know it's a need and even if you have a contract and even if you, you, you have all these good indicators, it's going to work. It's so hard. And even for with our company, we went seven years before we made any money. We had to raise friends and family, angels, venture capital. Uh, it, it was hard. And that was with a really kind of well-defined problem to solve. But actually solving the problem was a lot harder than we thought. And it took a long time. No kidding. Yeah. Friends, uh, FFF, friends, family, and fools, right? Where you exactly. raise money from? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they all got lucky. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. We were really fortunate. Wow. And so walk us through some of the other things you've been involved with. That was when your first uh, venture into entrepreneurship, which you w- was really the best way to try to go into it is meeting demand. Um, and what are some of the other things you've been involved with? Well, most of it. So once you have a little bit of success, like success breeds success. And so for instance, um, we had a private equity firm and bankers who had invested in our business. And once we had a successful exit from the business, the very next day, the first thing they said was, can you do it again? Do you want to do it again? (laughs) And if you don't want to start something from scratch, if we're, if we bought a company, would you want to be involved in it? And so um, I really, the, I've been fortunate that, you know, opportunities come have come to me and I have the, you know, I'm able to kind of sit and say, where can I really add value and get involved? And it's been, for the most part, I've really stuck within healthcare. Of course, Wild Bills, which we'll talk about is a very big deviation, Sure. but I've stayed, I do think it's true within entrepreneurship. You, you learn a bunch of broad brush things about being an entrepreneur, but you also come up with a very, you know, technical specific uh, rating, you know, to use military terms in a specific area and there's so much opportunity just in that area. So it's, it's been hard for me to, to, or there's really no reason not to just keep doing more things in healthcare. Cause it's, it's what I know. And I've been doing it for 25 years now. Yeah. Well, you know, entrepreneurship is a process. Um, it took me a while to figure that out, but yeah. you, you take the idea or the product or the service, you, you run it through your, your weak process in the beginning because you haven't done it before. And even if it's a failure, you can go back to the beginning of your process and run the next one through your process. And over time, your process gets better. And yeah, the idea is important, but in the end, it's not so much the idea, it's the process and the execution of the idea. 
And once you've done it and had the successful exit like you did, yep. you can go right back to the beginning. And if you stay in the same niche like healthcare, you just run the next one right through the same process. And it it's not going to be automatic, of course, but um, your confidence level and uh, chances of success are, are very high. Ash, yes. Yeah, so, and the, the, um, the piece between would you rather have a really good idea or would you really, or would you have really have an experienced team of people who've worked together before? <laughs> I have come to learn and most people do you, you would much rather have the team that's worked together, that sticks together, that uh, will persevere, push through, not give up all these traits that we learn in the military. Mm-hmm. Like that's why if you look at the you know, management teams I've worked with Naval Academy, Navy, West Point, uh, army grads, uh, officers and enlisted. Um, but because you know, they're not going to give up and you know, you can, they, they've got your back and, uh, just the basics of, of, uh, taking responsibility and ownership. And we, we take for granted in the military that everybody is like that, but everybody is not like that. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Um, so, so how many, how many runs through the entrepreneurship ring uh, in the healthcare industry did you have? Uh, well, I probably like, act, you know, active in four ventures, but involved in probably 20. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the more as advisors and board an advisor or board member. Um, but they're mostly things that I'm very familiar with. And nowadays when I'm getting involved in something, it's all people I've worked with. So yeah. <laughs> You realize it's, you know, healthcare is a very big industry, but in the little sliver we're in, there's really a hundred people, you know, 200 people. And you just work with the same people over and over. Yeah. Very, you know, the skids are already greased at that point on anything. You get the team. It's pretty nice. Well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. We come back, we're going to start talking about wild bills and the craft soda that you're involved in now. Every year the holidays come around. I think back to 2007 when I was in Iraq for the holiday season. I'd like to give a big shout out to those of you serving away from your families this year. Know that we're all thinking of you. Now that the holidays are over and we get back to work, as the bills start arriving from all of our holiday shopping, remember that Navy Federal can help you get back on track. You can get a low intro APR on their platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investment options to help you get closer to your financial goals. With Navy Federal, You can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work for you, even as you sleep. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Messages and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with uh, Mike Quilty. He's a CEO and owner of Wild Bill's Craft Beverages. So, Mike, up until now, we've talked about a number of successes you've had coming out of the Navy going back to business school and you get into the healthcare industry, uh, had several good runs with uh, entrepreneurial ventures and, and exits and everything else. And so where did the idea for wild bills, craft sodas come from? Cause that's a, that's a total pivot out of the healthcare industry. So talk about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a pivot. Um, so 2017, I was kind of kind of reprioritizing where I wanted to spend my time. And I, and I kind of knew in my heart, I wanted to put a lot of time into veteran support mm-hmm. of some sort, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, I was, I actually had uh, taken some time to volunteer at a event called the warrior Re- reunion foundation. And it's a wonderful not-for-profit 
that puts together reunions for returning combat veterans. Mm -hmm. And the weekend that I went was a company of Marines who had recently returned from Afghanistan. And I met these folks and spent you know, a lot of time with them and came away with this feeling of here are these wonderful guys and gals. And I understood somewhat, I wasn't a Marine, but I understood somewhat what they had been through and who they were and what they had learned in their skills. And then to realize that most of them were, many of them were unemployed and most of them who did have jobs were very much underemployed. And you think of the example of a, you know, a Marine Corps sergeant who's working in a nursing home in the kitchen, like just, it didn't, it didn't equate for me. Um, At that same reunion, I had a friend come with me and he had a very small regional seasonal business called Wild Bill's Craft Beverage Company in the Northeast U.S. Hmm. And I had always been talking with him about, hey, why don't you grow the thing? Like, why, why don't you really make an effort, turn this into something big? And it was at that reunion that we had a conversation and he said to me, he's like, Mike, it's really hard to find good people. And we looked at each other and we looked at all these Marines and it was a eureka moment where we said, you know, oh my goodness, they're right here, literally in front of us. And those were the people when we said, we're going to go for it, we're going to grow this thing. We hired folks right from that reunion. And then we hired some of their friends. Like it just, it went why you know, like a wildfire from, from that day. So within a month we were operating in Texas within another three months, we were operating in San Diego within six months, we were operating in Chicago. Then we were in Tampa and we took this little small seasonal regional business, took it national. No kidding. Wow. Wasn't, wasn't easy, but that's awesome. Yeah. But just how that came about, that just gives me chills thinking about it where you've, you guys are looking at these, these Marines and the idea and it's just like, Hey, there it is. <laughs> it's how it happens sometimes. How it happens. And the, the uh, interesting part with the business, and we have a, a photo in our office of um, the first uh, group of Marines that we, that joined us loading one of our mobile wild West saloons into a trailer. And on the other side of the paper has a picture of those same Marines loading a howitzer for transport. And it's like, it was, we brought together like a unit that was doing something, you know, they were deploying for units, shooting rounds, yeah. uh, packing up and coming back. And now they're, we're traveling around the country doing events, you know, moving heavy equipment, um, leading teams. It was, it's kind of funny how very, like everyone has said, it's kind of, it's very similar to what we were doing in the Marine Corps. It was very yeah. similar to what I'm doing in the army. Well, that's awesome. So ex- explain to us how it works from a business. Uh, like if, some young Marine or anybody else from the military wants to get into wild bills. What what are they doing? Are they, are they buying essentially like one of these, like if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, the veteran on the move YouTube channel, you can see, you can see Mike's background of one of the, the vehicle. I can't tell if it's a vehicle or a truck or a trailer, kind of like a food truck, but it's, it's all decked out like the, like a, like a Western, you know, like a small Western town and it's got all this soda stuff and uh, cups and everything else. And it looks really awesome. Yeah, well, let me describe what this is, and then I'll go through kind of how we've engaged with folks. So um, it's an event-based business, and we sell premium uh, pure cane sugar craft soda from the stand that you see. And for people who are listening, it's a think of a saloon, a, a mobile saloon. It opens up. It's got barrels on the side with taps. 
And folks look at it and say, oh, you guys are here to sell soda. But in fact, we're really there to sell mugs. And so we, <laughs> we have um, commemorative and collectible stainless steel mugs. And when you buy the mug, you get unlimited soda. Um, and if you bring one of those mugs to one of the other events we do anywhere in the country, you pay $5 and get unlimited refills again. So a lot of people collect the mugs. They're comm- commemorative for the event. Um, and in 2019, we did around, right around 400 events across the country. Um, we do a lot in convention centers, think comic cons, rodeos. We do, uh, fairs, festivals, air shows, state fairs. Um, probably my personal favorite would be the Sturgis motorcycle rally, Mm. um, in South Dakota. So, um, but we've been, we, we do, uh, big events nationwide. Um, for staff, like you were asking, how, how do people get involved? Yeah. Our model, uh, we've hired folks and they start out as an event manager that uh, start out as event staff, and then they become an event manager and then they become a territory manager. And then we have uh, folks who just continue to run a territory or uh, during COVID, we took our slow time to develop a, fran- a veteran franchise program. So what we'll do is we will discount the franchise fees and finance the equipment for folks. And we're initially offering that to our current employees. And we have several of them opening up in different markets across the country. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't want to sell a franchise to somebody who has never run a business or never even been our business. Our goal is engage them, hire them part-time, full-time, have them build work with us, understand the business, enjoy the business, love the business, and then think about being a franchisee. But if you're going to be a franchisee, we definitely want to be able to, you know, offer discounts. And, and a big piece is, you know, um, you have, there's always upfront capital with anything you do. And of course you can go to the SBA and get a loan, but we're in a position where we can actually provide the financing. So uh, we've done that for, yeah. That's amazing. I've, I've, I don't know. I've had a number of franchisers um, and franchisees on the show in the past. And I, I don't know if I've ever, ever recall a scenario where they're trying, the organization is trying to get people to work within the organization first before you consider being a franchisee. I mean, what a great arrangement. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we want to, I guess, um, you know, it's a special kind of person that likes this kind of work where we work on weekends. It's, um, it's, it's seasonal. So you have ups and downs throughout the year. Mm-hmm. It involves travel. And so it's not for everybody, but for people who, people who, um, who like the business, enjoy going out to these shows, enjoy the kind of the mission we're on. It's a really great fit. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the business structure as far as you're not really selling the soda, you're actually selling the mugs instead and then getting the free soda or the $5 all you can drink. And where yeah, that so the, came about, the, like, was it, was the, the original owner of the wild bills, was that his concept or did that come later? That was his concept. And it really oh. was a, you know, uh, a, these sort of businesses are very, very hard. And you always have to find like, what's your special little take on it? Like where, where do the numbers suddenly jump off the page? And you're like, this, this suddenly works. And the, the problem with a lot of, we'll call, you know, in the mobile concessions business, which is kind of what we're in is having to prepare stuff. So prepare food, serve it, expiration dates, department of health. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much food you can put out of a food truck in a, in an eight hour show. The difference with this is it's usually, you know, there's no prep. Like we have our 
uh, syrup and bag in a box, which, uh, which we, had, you know, you, you set that up. The mugs are stainless steel. They'll last forever. They don't expire. Yep. We don't have any of those expirations. And our price point is around, you know, $30, $35. Um, you know, the secret in the, you know, why Coke and Pepsi are so valuable is, is when you, when it's your soda, the cost of manufacturing it is low. So we have, for us, the soda is really easy. We have our own soda. We manufacture it inexpensively. Um, so we really, it, it doesn't cost us a lot to serve the soda. Um, and we make our money on the mugs. Yeah. What a great concept. Um, and you, know, you mentioned the whole, you can only put, put out so much food in the food truck because I, I see this all the time, like just in restaurants too, like, but food trucks, yep. especially you spend all your time standing at the window, telling them what you want. Then you spend a whole bunch more time paying for it. And then you're kind of shoved off to the side, waiting for your name. And they, they spend all their time dealing, managing the customers, not even, you know, there's somebody in the back cooking the food, but um, it just seems like a very inefficient uh, process. And yeah, you're definitely limited by how quickly you can take orders and payments. Yeah. We, we have no prep. We have no expiration dates on the product. Although the syrup does, you know, has a, has a couple of year shelf life on it. Yeah. Um, and the actual dispensing of the product is self-serve. So, um, you know, I, when, when I first, my, my friend who had the business and the first couple of shows I went to, what you saw was long, long, long lines, like people waiting in line 20, 30 minutes to buy a mug. You know, the very first thing we did was add more cash registers, do this, you know, have staff go out in the line to explain the offering so that when you're going to the sale window, it's just swiping your card. Yeah. You're not spending time. And we've been able to just put a lot more people. One is we built, you know, we built a lot of these units, stationed them across the country. And then the other piece is just getting the throughput through. Um, and then for us in the, the food truck business is really hard in like finding really good shows. A lot of them happen in convention centers and getting in convention centers is really, really hard. And we've just over the last five years really figured out how to, how to sign up as a concessionaire in a, in a convention center. But then once you're in the convention center, that's where the good shows just come to you. And you don't also don't have to worry about getting rained out. So <laughs> we're having a bad rainy, you know, if you're at the Gettysburg bike rally and you have a bad day of rain, you know, people, a lot of times people don't show. So um, sure. I think w working in the convention centers has been a big kind of big pivot for us. You're actually big able learning. to get the truck inside the convention center with, with those kind of shows. Uh, it depends on the convention center. Some of them we, we can drive a truck in, but we also have the units that slide out of trailers and you can push them. Um, but some of oh. these large convention centers have elevators that uh, you can put a 20,000 pound truck in oh, and wow. it'll bring it up to whatever floor. Like it's all this stuff of behind the scenes in convention centers, you, you know, nobody would ever know, but um, it's, That's it's, cool. it's really amazing. That's cool. So if somebody wants to, uh, more information about getting involved in Wild Bills, possibly coming to work and, you know, maybe even eventually becoming a franchisee, how do they get a hold of you guys? So the best way is www.drinkwildbills.com and uh, we'll get back to you promptly. That's awesome. And so what's a, what somebody that's a new hire, maybe a, a young military guy just getting out after four years, that kind of thing. Maybe somebody you're in particular might be looking for motivated, wants a job, wants to be able to move around, travel a little bit, uh, be operational, so to speak, uh, distributed operations. What kind of, um, what, what kind of lifestyle is, is it? What, what's the, what's that job look like? Yeah. Well, the, um, 
I'd say the biggest piece about the job is you're managing teams of people. Mm -hmm. So the actual work is, you know, we're not hiring uh, widgets. We're hiring leaders who Mm -hmm. are leading teams. And of course you start out as an event staff and then quickly, you know, our, our veterans progress very quickly to being managers and then Mm -hmm. territory managers. Um, But our, as I said, the work is on the weekends and we try to do in the busy season, we have, you know, seven busy months and five slow months in most markets. And it's, it varies across the country. Um, and on the busy months, you're doing, you know, a show every other weekend. We do, we do have some weekends, you know, there's some times of the year where you might be working three weekends back to back, but it's, it's not just the weekend. It's all the prep as we know from the military, you know, getting ready for a deployment, the getting ready for the deployment could be worse than deployment sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's all of the maintenance, all of the training, all of the getting everything ready. So you're, you know, you might be jumping on a Wednesday to go to a show to set up for a Thursday to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to then jump back on Monday, download, clean the gear and get ready for the next team to jump on Wednesday. So it's, 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 um, it's a lot of work. It's, um, we've, we've been fortunate to find people that really, really love it and enjoy it. They like the idea of travel. I mean, I've, um, I, for, for my work in the civilian world, I did a little bit of, you know, different traveling around to different cities, but since being part of wild bills, I've been all over and including, we just got started in Canada before COVID. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, I like traveling. It works. It works great. That's awesome. Well, you know, if you're, if you're talking to somebody that's on their way out of the military and they're looking to get involved in entrepreneurship and doing something different, between besides sitting in that cube farm in corporate America, uh, where they want to get involved in entrepreneurship or be involved in a startup, what kind of advice comes to mind? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll share the advice that was given to me by one of my mentors. And he said, visualize who you think you want to be. Like, think about it really hard. Who do you want to be? Step one. Step two, go find that person. And step three is spend all your time with them. So <laughs> uh, it's, it, it really did. Perfect. It really does work. You've been just, it, it, whether it's uh, just rubbing off, but, but there's a lot to being around somebody who's doing what you aspire to do. And you realize like, they're just a normal person as well. And they were, they might've been in a different service branch and they might have had more or less education or training, but, um, but they're doing it. And, uh, and there's so, there's so many people that want to help the support veterans, including, uh, you know, so many non people who weren't in the military. Um, they just, you know, it's a, it's a great learning experience for them too. So I guess the, the biggest point would be find a, find a mentor and two is even better and spend a lot of time with them. Outstanding advice. And you know, the way that's broken down, figure out who you want to be, go find that person and spend all your time with them. I mean, that's yeah. sage advice. So never heard it put that, that simple. So that's awesome. All well, right. I've got a more complicated answer, Joe, but I think that's the better one. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Keep it simple, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, Hey Mike, awesome, awesome interview. Um, looking forward to seeing wild bills, future success and, uh, you know, check back in with us in a, in a year or so and bring you back on the show for an update. And, um, is anybody, so again, just going to drinkwildbills.com is the best place if you're interested in getting involved. Yeah. And, and not only, um, so there's info information about joining our team. Mm-hmm. There's also, so during COVID we were impacted by COVID of oh, course yeah. being an event business. 
we started for the, we'd always been asked, where do I get the soda? And so during COVID, we actually canned our soda, did uh, over 2 million of sales of soda online since, uh, since the pandemic no kidding. and realized. So, so the silver lining for us with COVID was a whole nother business came out of it, which was our selling soda online. Yeah. And then we started to have retailers purchasing and now we have, uh, you know, retailers buying bulk, um, who all just, it, if, if it hadn't happened for us shutting down the business and trying to find other ways to make money, we never would have even done it. So yeah, some, some good things, good things happen from bad things sometimes. Yeah. Talk about it. A, a, a total pivot within the same business that, uh, you know, that's happened to a lot of companies just to find a totally different, uh, stream of revenue. So that's awesome to hear. Yep. All right. And it's never something you never something you plan. It just kind of happens yeah. to you and you got to have your eyes open when it presents itself. Yeah. Almost makes it even better when you didn't plan for it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Michael, I appreciate it. Uh, great story. And again, we look forward to you guys future success. Thank you so much, Joe. You bet. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to veteran on the move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.